0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey Kingdom Culture family, so great to see you. My name is Sean Gabe, lead pastor of Kingdom Culture. So thankful that you're here with us. If you're part of our community, if you're new with us, let us know in the chat where you are from, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or, hey, even Instagram. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's an amazing, amazing Sunday, and I'm just thankful that as you just heard, as you just had an opportunity to worship with us, that we are surrounded by God himself, that we are surrounded by heaven, that heaven is all around us. In a season where we feel like we're surrounded by and bombarded by all the things that are going on that maybe are causing us to to feel like we're struggling or to feel challenged or to feel like there are obstacles that stand so huge in front of us. I just am thankful that we are surrounded by a God who cares. We're surrounded by a God who has the victory. And as a result, so do we. So thank you, God, that you've surrounded us with support. You've surrounded us with comfort, strength, encouragement in this season to make it through and to make it through on the other side even Stronger. That's what I'm believing for over and over again in this season that we would make it out of this season, however long it is, this season of isolation, quarantine, season of just weird, just weirdness all around, that we'd make it out stronger, that you would make it out stronger, whether it's in your business, in your career, in your family, in your relationships, and whatever it is that you put your hand to in this season that we would make it out stronger. I would rather err on faith and hope than err on unbelief, doubt, and fear any day of the week. And I believe that that's God's heart for us. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us an ability to think straight, to think right, a sound mind, to have self-discipline, and to understand that his love sets us free from it all and so that's my prayer for you today that you would feel surrounded by his love and that that alone would just set you free from whatever is holding you down I just I am so thankful for the last several weeks that we've had together. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. If you've been a part of our Heart Seasons series, you know that we're moving into week five this morning, week five. If this series has had any impact on your life, let us know in the chat. Give us some fire emojis. Let us know what it's done for you, how it's encouraged you, how it's motivated you, how it's energized you. Let's blow up the chat today In Jesus' name, this is the the day we live in. This is the world we live in now uh, on on YouTube and online. Engagement online is so important as we move forward in this season. So I want to just give you a little bit of a recap over the last four weeks. The first week of our Heart Seasons series, we talked about heart exposure heart exposure, and talked about seasons of isolation. As you know, every week we're describing or breaking down a specific season that the heart goes through that often maybe feels hard and feels challenging because we've said it over and over again, hard seasons are always heart seasons or heart seasons are hard seasons. And so week one was seasons of isolation. Week two was, we talked about the three leavens, leavens of influence and talked about in the context of that seasons of pressure and that how in seasons of pressure what's within us already rises to the surface kind of like leaven within bread it leavens the whole lump whatever was with already within us uh is magnified and revealed in seasons of pressure week three we talked about catching it catching it or the 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 phrase was caught not taught And talked about seasons of opportunity, speaking about, you know, the story of Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah passed by Elisha and threw his mantle on him as an opportunity of a lifetime. We talked about this season of opportunity, seasons of opportunity. And then last week, one of my favorites talked about the caution of compromise. And we broke down what it looks like to be in a season of temptation. And we talked about Luke 4, and we broke down the three separate temptations of Jesus and why those temptations were used against the Son of God and how they're used against us today. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not listened to all these messages catch up go back through our YouTube channel and listen to these messages watch these messages because I know that they will be so important moving forward into 2021 I think these messages are not just messages to tickle your ear not just to encourage you but to also help illuminate your perspective of what God may be already doing in and through your life so I want to encourage you check those Messages out. Now, I know the last few, I'd say the last really two to three messages over the last several weeks have been a little bit of a heavier teaching. Uh, today, just to give you a little bit of a breather and a break, we're going to hang out in the shallow end of the pool today. Okay. I know we've been treading water in the deep end for the last several weeks. Some of it's, you know, some people can't handle uh, too much. Uh, Too much of the teachy sort of style and so I want to encourage you today it's going to be a little bit of a shorter message now I say that who knows what's going to happen that's the plan Um, but if the Holy Spirit uh, inspires me to go a little longer then hey who knows where we'll go but we're going to start in the shallow end this morning and as you heard me share today during encouraging us in our offering and our giving and as you heard last week I want to reference the same passage for our opening scripture for today, for today's message. Let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 3, speaking of David and his heart to build an amazing place to house the glory of God, a temple. A temple like no one had ever seen. And this is an inspiring passage for me for many reasons. But we see King David, you know, one of the greatest kings Israel had ever had. A man after God's own heart, as we see in Acts chapter 4. He was, you know, talked about through the centuries. Um, connected directly as a as a representation of Jesus Himself on so many levels. He was a man, a worship a worshipper at heart, but also a king. Slayed giants, took out armies, conquered. I mean, inspiring king. First Chronicles chapter twenty nine verse three. He says this. Moreover, because I have set my affection, everyone say affection, on the house of my God. This is before. Uh, the temple was built, okay, Um, this, this, according to many uh, studies out there, would have been a temple worth around $54 billion, okay, now, this is not man's idea, this was God's idea, just to show you the kind of God that we serve, the, the excellent type of God that we serve, so, this is like a 54, in our dollars, $54 billion church okay that's pretty wild so he says this moreover because i have set my affection on the house of my god i have given to the house of my god everyone say this with me over and above very important over and above all that i have prepared for the holy house my own special treasure of gold and silver david's talking about i have given out of my own substance my own special treasure I have given what's valuable to me over and above over and above what's expected over and above what's maybe asked over and above what I know I should be giving I'm lavishing love through generosity to build the best house for God now as you know um, that the whole backdrop of this whole series heart seasons called heart seasons is based out of proverbs 4 verse 23 where it says above all else or with all diligence guard your heart for out of it will flow in some translations the issues of of life. We are to guard our hearts like a prison ward would guard a prison. That's the the language. That's the sort of description of of how the writer is describing what it looks like to guard our heart because out of the heart will flow the issues of life. We see it in, in the book of Matthew talking about it's not what comes into a man that makes him defiled, but it's what comes out of a man that defiles him. And out of a man comes wickedness, immorality, comes slander of all kinds, okay? And this is, these are the words of Jesus, okay? So it's not just about, it's not about the outside, it's about the inside, guarding the inside. You know James talks about how the the tongue is like something that can set a whole forest on fire. And to to control the tongue is to watch over the heart, because out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks, according to Jesus his own. Words. Okay, so now go back to First Chronicles chapter 29. He said, because I have set my affection on the house of God, I have given to the house of God over and above. Okay, I want to talk today for week five of our Heart Season series on the subject of, write this down, over and above. Over and above. Talking about seasons of realization. Seasons of realization. I mean, David had to have had... An incredible realization or an incredible revelation, which I kind of believe are the same thing. An incredible realization to be able to be at a place out of his own treasure. I mean, he had no grid for what this temple could be. I mean, he had the plans from God. He got the blueprints from heaven. God literally told him how he wanted to design the thing but he had no reference point for it. I mean, he wasn't looking online saying, you know, church building 101, how to build a good church building. No, he had the plans from heaven, kind of like Noah. Noah had never heard of a boat, never heard of an ark, and here God is giving Noah the plans, heaven's blueprint, for something that he had no reference point for. Well, now, you know, like Noah, David is in the same exact boat. Yes, they had a traveling church called the tent of meeting throughout 40 years in the wilderness it was a temporary sort of church infrastructure to house the glory of God as Israel as a people traveled through the wilderness for 40 years but there was no concept and no construct no no, no sort of outside context for what this church building could be outside of God speaking to David so here is David but David had to have some sort of realization to be at a place where he was willing to go all in, to go all in, in any area of life. If we're going to go all in in any area, if we're going to be an over and above type person in any area, we need to have... Some real realizations, some real revelations that would motivate or energize our all in over and above type mentality. So I want us to understand this going into this. And I just believe understanding the motivation of David, I believe will set us free today. It's going to set us free from ourselves. It's going to set us free from fear. It's going to set us free from a withholding spirit. What if God doesn't work? What if God doesn't do what he says he's going to do? There's something that has to get a grip on us, a revelation of the goodness of God, a revelation, a realization of how amazing God is. It's only by a revelation or a realization of how amazing and good God is that we can be so all into anything in life that God is leading us to be all into and realize and believe and not give up while we're in the process. There has to be a realization that motivates to jump, motivates us to jump all in. It's like Peter. Peter had a realization that it was Jesus walking on the water. He said, if it's really you, tell me to come. Jesus said, come, walk with me, walk towards me on the water. Peter's in the comfort of his boat. For him to be all in in this moment, he had no context of walking on the water. No, he never watched a video on YouTube how to walk on water 101. He was in the comfort and the normal, you know, everyday sort of like environment of being in a boat fishing it was part of his trade. Here he is in the boat. You know, and Jesus, his Lord, his master is walking to him on the water and says, come. He gets out of the comfort. He gets out of what's convenient and literally walks in the midst of what's inconvenient and walks towards Jesus. Yes, we know he sank because he got his eyes off of Jesus and onto the water. But the reality of it is he walked on water. How did he get to that place? How did he get to a place where he could get, be all in and leave the comfort and the security of his boat? He had to have a realization this is God speaking this is Jesus calling to me it was in that realization that it it, it motivated him to be all in and so I want to pray today that God breaks some stuff in us that God breaks a withholding spirit that God breaks fear off of our life that God breaks you know the things that are holding us back because God has called us To reflect his very image of what it looks like to be over and above in our life. And I'm going to break that down in a few moments. But God, I'm praying today for everybody watching. I'm asking and praying that for everybody watching today that you would illuminate, you would give us realizations of your goodness. That you help us to realize who you are as the author And the finisher of our faith. That that you'd help us to realize how good you are. Even when life feels not so good. That we would have a realization of your goodness in the midst of all of that. That God we'd have a realization. That you work all things together. For the good. Of those who are called according to your purpose. And that love you. I pray that today. We'd have a revelation and a realization. Of your grace and your strength and your power to get us through. That we'd leave behind the pain, the hurt, the anger, the things that are trying to dominate us, the things that are trying to hold us back and hold us down. I pray today that you would lift the load of anxiety, lift the load of pressure that we don't need to be carrying in Jesus name that you bring us into a season of real of great realization of your goodness. If we haven't already been in that season during a pandemic, during a time when everything that was normal and that we've been used to has been removed from our lives or or at least part of it has been removed from our lives as we know it but yet maybe in the midst of all that god we're having realizations of who we are as identified as your sons as your daughters that we have we, maybe we've already had realizations of your goodness in this season we've seen miracles happen and and you respond and and do things that you said you were going to do in previous seasons and you're doing them in this season god thank you Thank you. But for those that I believe maybe haven't had some of those realizations yet, I pray that from today forward, we'd have some great realizations of your grace and goodness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We are not called to just live in a moment, in a moment of generosity, but we are called to live in a momentum of generosity. And really this the whole backdrop of the opening passage is about generosity. It's about being all in over and above as God is generous to us. And I I want to thank Kingdom Culture and just echo what I've been saying every week. Thank you again for last year's radical sacrificial generosity in the House of Hearts offering. As you know, we're approaching another one just next week, guys. It's 7 days. I can't believe that we're already here about to have our House of Hearts Sunday. It's our it's our annual big give, lavish our love on Jesus Sunday through our giving. And and it's a big step for many people. For many people, it is an over and above type of giving moment, where they're giving over and above, over and beyond, you know, their normal giving, their, what we call the tithe, biblically, which is 10%, their, their every day, every week, uh, every week giving, this is over and above for, uh, for for many people, for some people, it's a first time beginning to trust God with their 10%, with their tithe, as the Bible talks about over and over again, and for some others, it's just a, a test, and a step out of the boat of comfort, to begin to give for the the first time and trust God with little trust God with what they have that may feel insignificant in the beginning or maybe it feels significant whatever place on the journey you are on we we, we just want you to come to a place where you can begin to see God in your finances it's easy to see God in so many other areas of our life in our family, our job, our workplace, our, you know, our relationships, you know, our personal life. But for some people, it's very hard to see God in their finances. Well, I'm going to, I believe God is going to today and through my words, I believe going to speak to you uh, regarding the motivation of David and the realization of David that allowed him to become or come to the place that he did coming into an over and above type mentality. Now, remember, just in context to the House of Hearts offering, as I've said every year, it is not about the size of the gift. You know, Maybe for the first time, you're going to be giving above and beyond. It's not about the size of the gift, it's about the size of the sacrifice. Not the size of the gift, but the size of the sacrifice. It's not about equal, you know, everybody giving the same. It's about sacrifice. Our heart and God's heart for us is that through faith, he would teach us, what it looks like to to walk in a place of sacrifice in faith. Now I know the scripture says it, obedience is better than sacrifice. But there is an obedience even in our sacrifice. I mean, Romans 12 talks about that we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, uh, as our spiritual act of worship. Every day with God is a sacrifice. Every day with God is is a sacrificial offering of our lives. And God just doesn't want part of us. He wants all of us over and above and so as you saw in the video it's not because only a few gave one big gift it's because the collective sacrificed as an offering as worship to God and they all sacrificed their own peace whatever it was and as a result I just believe that God God is honored it's part of our worship it's part of what we do in our worship in our everyday now let's go back to the opening verse and break it down a little first chronicles chapter 29 verse 3 moreover listen to this because i have set my affection on the house of my god i have given to the house of my god over and above all that i have prepared for the holy house my own special treasure of gold and silver what does it mean to set our affection well, I think there's a, a common sense element, you know, that whatever our focus is on, our affection is also moving towards or focusing on. Of course, it's what we where we're most passionate. But if you break down this word, it actually could mean to satisfy a debt. To satisfy a debt, to set our affection on 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 God, to set our affection on the house of God. There's something that it does in me. There's something, there's a there's something within my soul. That it satisfies to put my affection towards, in this context, David saying, towards the house of my God. To build, as the Bible says in the message translation, the best house the best house uh, uh, against all competing gods. Solomon said that actually after David was gone and Solomon began to build the temple on behalf of his father to build the best house amongst competing gods. That's the whole uh, premise on, on our House of Hearts card. If you look at the House of Hearts bookmark, that's the verse... That's on the bookmark that we are are called to build the best house. Not the best in the city, but the best that we can do because God is the best and he deserves our best. But to set our affection is to satisfy something within us. Yes, I don't want to get the attention on what it does for us selfishly, but the reality of it is often when we give in moments like these, in moments like next week, the House of Hearts offering, when we give... It's often more about what God does in us, in our own heart, how he stretches us, than it is anything else, honestly. And i, I that's why I love and we share testimonies of what has happened because when we attach our faith with radical sacrificial moments, we see radical sacrificial breakthroughs that happen as a result. It happens so much. It's happened in our lives every time. I honestly say above and beyond my tithe, above and beyond my 10%. When I give above and beyond, and I break into that sacrificial realm, that is where I've had the most breakthroughs in my life. Why? Because I attach my faith. I attach my faith and my joy to the sacrifice. It's an act of worship to God. It's an act of worship to God that gets, not to say that it gets God's attention because you don't get God's attention otherwise, but it it just does something. It's like a seed into the ground, a stake into the ground it just does something in the spirit. We reap what we sow. It's a truth. It's a principle in the spirit. And I've seen so many, Michelle has seen, my family has seen so many amazing breakthroughs through these sacrificial moments. It's it does something in us. Yes, it honors God, but it it stretches us. It it it, it like sculpts us. It refines our character. It helps us come into more of a Almost like a linking, so to speaking, or an awareness of the character and the nature of God when it comes to generosity and, generosity and who he is as a generous God. Now, then it goes on to say, after I've set my affection on the house of God, it says this, I have given, everyone say given, I have given to the house of my God. One of the descriptions of this word given is to assign. That when you give, you're actually assigning your gift with a specific task, with a specific assignment. And uh, and I just believe that there's so many assignments that are yet to be fulfilled over your life. I got to say this, that this year, this year, there was something that uh, took place this year in 2020 that I wrote down three House of Hearts offerings ago. Michelle and I. We wrote down on three House of Hearts offering cards ago. As you know, we always, like I've said over and over again, we attach our gift with something that we are believing for for the following year. Wrote it down three years ago. It was like we assigned this gift with a specific task, you know, as a special sacrificial offering. Believing three years later, now in 2020, this thing that we were believing for, has been fulfilled. The assignment has been fulfilled. There are assignments that I believe your seeds have been given over the years that have yet to be fulfilled. And we're praying and believing that not only will you you begin to see some of these fulfilled this year, but the assignment that you attach your gift to for the coming week, seven days from now, you will see in 2021 in Jesus name. That is where our faith is at for you in this season. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Like I said, it's not about, you know, what we get from it, but it's about attaching our faith towards it. Your giving not only has a personal benefit, but your giving has an assignment, like I said. And I say this that our giving in moments like these has often to do more with our hearts and what God does than anything Else, I know I can't be. uh I can't say that enough. I, I really. I, we have to help people understand this. It's not about necessarily always what we're giving towards. It's about how giving actually changes our own heart. How giving uh, uh, changes our own faith perspective. How giving literally matures us and helps us see the nature of God even more. And David modeled this so incredibly for us, and in such an inspiring way. This over and above nature that we ultimately like I said see in God yes it's in David but it's really a reflection of the nature of who God is and I love this aspect of God's nature we see it in John 3 verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son he gave above and beyond he gave more than we can ever ask think or wish for he gave his son he gave a part of himself He gave his son because he loved. So love looks like generosity. Love looks like over and above. Over and above is a reflection of love. Giving generosity is a reflection of love. It's who he is. Romans 5 verse 8. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, his death, he sacrificially gave his life in death on a cross because of his love towards us. It says here, he demonstrates his own love through generosity. How do he demonstrate love? Giving. Generosity. It's not just with your finances, your time, your, your gifts, your skills. It's every part of you. Everything that is precious to you. Everything that's important to you. When you are generous with it, it's a reflection of your love. Ephesians 3 verse 20, I love this, how it says it out of the Passion Translation. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely, infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. How many unbelievable dreams do you have? And exceed, I love this, your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. What energizes you? What energizes you? His miraculous power. What happens as a result of all of this? He's going to achieve beyond your greatest of wildest imaginations. The most unbelievable dreams. Most translations you've heard would say it like this. That to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in into it in us why why are we able to grab a hold of him doing exceedingly abundantly above above we can think ask or imagine because of his power that works within us well there was something that was working within David for him to be able to go above and beyond we're going to get to that in a few moments you know one of the words that I encouraged us as a body in the beginning of 2020 which I'm continuing to hold on to continuing to see the manifestation of in my own life and in so many other areas of our lives is this word that we were called to wrestle it for wrestle uh for that in 20 there would be plenty if you haven't heard the message go back to the very beginning of the year i think it was week 2 or something but this is his nature he is not a stingy god he is a god of the plenty not just a God of an, of just enough. He's a God of more than enough. He is not a stingy God. Why? Because stingy is cringy. Write that down. Some of you need to write that on your arm in this season. Write that on a piece of paper. Stingy is cringy. And I don't know if you ever noticed this before, but when you're around stingy people, it, it feels cringy. It feels uncomfortable. It feels awkward. It's like those little innuendos, the little statements. I always say this. It's like, you know, when somebody blesses you with something, a dinner or a coffee or something, and then they say after they give the coffee to you, hey, you get me next time. It's like all of a sudden they put a condition on it. That wasn't generosity. That was giving with an intention to receive something, not because of faith, but because of an unhealthy, selfish expectation that I'm giving with a motivation. I'm giving with some sort of uh, uh, ulterior motive. It's not just pure generosity. You see, pure generosity looks like what Jesus did. He so loved the world knowing that all of the world would not accept him. Knowing that all the world would reject, many people would reject him, yet he gave all of himself. He gave his favor, his grace to us it's there waiting for us to grab a hold of it's it's he didn't die with an expectation that the world was just gonna flock to him and all say yes no he died giving his life as an invitation very different expectation is very different than an invitation If I give with an expectation, I'm not talking about, you know, a faith expectation with God saying, God, I'm, I'm giving this to you and I'm believing in faith that, you know, your promises, the things that you put in my heart are going to come to pass. I'm simply just connecting my gift to my faith. I'm talking about an ulterior motive that I'm only doing it for those reasons. We don't only do it for those reasons. That's expectation, an unhealthy version of expectation. If I give to somebody with an expectation of them giving me something back, no, I'm giving to them generously. And it may just be an invitation, but it's not an expectation. God gave his whole life as an invitation. You can accept me. You can come to the party if you want to. You're invited to the party. You don't have to come to the party. You can come to the party. You see, when when God gives to us and we give back to God, We simply are sending out an invitation to God to fulfill the promises that he's already promised he would fulfill in Jesus' name. Stingy is definitely cringy. And I think that in a season like this, during Christmas, it's like there is an over and above mentality over the whole season. It it kind of blankets the whole season, you know, and whether it's a a, a healthy, you know, scenario or an unhealthy scenario— We are in an over and above season. People are racking up their credit cards for Christmas gifts because they want to, you know, be generous and they want to bless people, which is great motivation. I mean, I'm not saying racking up your credit cards is a wise idea. I'm just saying that the intention to bless is great. Um, It's it's I believe it's genuine for the most part. People often splurge on food to celebrate with guests during the holidays people seem to do more random acts of kindness and generous gestures during this season more than any other season charities are maxed out during this season giving to capacity for the needs of the city ie for us we're about to launch into in a few weeks our holiday dream outreach event giving hundreds of families support and help during the holidays with brand new gifts for Uh, uh, single moms with with kids and and single dads with kids and people that are just struggling not just single dads of course but just families that are struggling that would not have gifts for christmas also as well food to help for the holidays i mean this is a season of over and above for us as a king as a kingdom culture family i mean my four kids are even starting to buy each other gifts already and buy us gifts it's so funny like the last few birthdays you know my my kids will actually give me money they'll give me like five dollars three dollars you know and that's a lot of money for a kid who's you know you know like eight, nine, and, and 11. I mean, my, my youngest who's four has not tapped into that yet, but, uh, but my other kids, when they give us money, it's, it's an amazing thing. I know that it's a sacrifice for them. It's over and above for them, even though it might feel small to me, it's massive for me because I know it's massive for them. And we were having a conversation the other night about this because they were talking about buying gifts for each other and buying gifts for Michelle and I. And I was talking about this. And in the end, all the money that they have comes from me. And I was actually, I was drawing an illustration for them based upon the scripture that I'm going to read in a few moments of the realization that David had, which energized his over and above gift towards building the house of God. Now, I was drawing this illustration to show them the 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 goodness of the father and me being the father saying, listen, the money comes from me. I know again, I I don't say I just just me, but comes from me. I was drawing an illustration and saying, listen, like all the money that you buy gifts for me for, or when you give me money on my birthday, where do you think that money comes from? Well, you. And they thought about it for a second. Like comes from you. I'm like, well, that's how it is with God. So really. Is it giving anyways if we're just returning back to God what he's already given to us? Is it really giving if you're just returning back to me what I as the Father have already given you? Yes, it is giving, but it changes the dynamic. That realization changes the dynamic and motivation as to why we do what we do. When we understand that it all comes from him anyways. So giving it back to me is is an amazing is an amazing revelation to have because when we realize that it's his anyways and we don't own it it's not ours we're just stewards of it it changes the dynamic it lifts the fear it removes the withholding spirit it breaks mentalities down that are holding us back from generosity when we understand that it's all his Anyways, and I think that for my kids, even like, I know, like I have a plan to bless my kids. I have a plan. They don't know the plan. They don't know my heart. They don't know the future. I don't even know the future, but I have a plan for the future for them. But imagine now God, God knows the future. Every time we give back to God, God's like, Hey, I already got this planned out. I'm going to bless you so much 10 years from now, five years from now, next year, three months from now. But I'm inviting you into the process with me. I'm inviting you into a journey with me. I don't want this just to be about me dishing things out to you. I want you to be a part of the journey because we're co-heirs, the Bible says, and we're co-laborers. So as you step, I step with you. As I step, you follow suit. There's this synergy between us that I want you to be a part of the journey, which is why you pray. People say, well, what's the point of praying if God already knows the answer or if God already knows what you're gonna pray before you pray it? If God already knows your needs... Before you pray for your needs, what's the point of praying? Because he wants to journey with you. He wants you to hear your own prayers so that when he responds to you, you know that you're a part of the journey with him. It's very, very important. So this is why we do what we do. Outside of that, it would just all be sovereign. and We'd be sitting on our couches doing nothing with our lives because God would just be doing it all for us. That's not how it works. God has called us to be stewards, managers, administrators of the life that he has given us and so I felt like after anyways after all this whole talk with my kids I felt like I had a daddy win because I really felt they left with a new realization of the goodness of God now let's go back to this opening scripture we're almost done once again uh uh moreover because I have set my affection on the house of my God I have given to the house of my God over and above okay we cannot read that verse without understanding verses 10 to 14 and we have to also understand this too and I've kind of mentioned it in the beginning and I don't have I'm not going to teach on this I'm not going to go into this right now but there is a difference between tithing and offering okay scripturally okay I'm not making this stuff up tithing in scripture actually means 10 it means the first 10 percent okay that's what tithing is whether you believe it's biblical or not okay i've taught so much on this we can argue all day long in the end god wants us to be generous okay how about that over and above this is the mentality okay so if you struggle with the 10 just realize that god wants it all anyways and it's all his anyways so if the 10 is an issue guess what it's actually really a 100 it's all it's that's just that's just the nature of god he owns it all we're just stewards okay it's like we're boring it okay we're stewarding what he has given us okay but here's the thing you you see like in in this scripture here you see the power of an offering. And I don't I didn't read all this all the verses to you about how the leaders jumped in, and they offered willingly. You can read all of that uh, afterwards. In in the beginning, uh, of this whole this whole chapter, I'd encourage you to read all of it. And how the leaders were inspired, even in verse five, about how they were inspired by David's example. David stepped out and did it and shared it to be an example, to motivate the other leaders and heads over the tribes and the people groups, okay? So, and then they all gave as well. And he was impressed by their willing, voluntary offerings, okay? But here's the reality. You, the, you see that the house is actually built with an offering, but it continues to maintain and stay strong with the tithe. If you want to expand, this is why offerings were so important in scripture, because the tithe was just a no-brainer. God God you know God always wanted to bless the 90% because the 10 was his but to build and expand, which is why they did not build the house of God with a tithe, they built the house of God with an offering, okay? So just I I just wanna bring that into this message a little bit to help us understand a little bit of the difference, okay? An offering is a willing sacrifice, a tithe technically doesn't even belong to us, we're just returning it back to God, but in the end, we're returning all of it back to God because it all belongs to God anyways. But we can't read verse three if we don't read verses 10 to 14. Let me read this to you. Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Verse 11, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory. So he's honoring God's majesty right now. He's honoring God's supremacy, okay? O Lord is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty, everything in the heavens. And on earth is yours. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Now listen to this. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. He's really echoing or or paul really in ephesians was echoing and even in colossians you know the heart of david when talking about the supremacy of god the, the 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 god who rules over everything that is in everything his presence is everywhere he is the creator of the universe as we know it okay so wealth and honor come from you alone for you rule over everything power and might are in your hand And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Verse 13, oh God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Now watch this, verse 14. This is the realization. This is the crux, okay? This is the core motivation of why why David was able to go over and above in his generosity, in his giving. But who am I? And who are my people? This is going to set you free. That we could give anything to you. Who are we that we can give anything to you? It's like my 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 kids. Like like, can you give anything to me, really? If I've already given, if I'm the one who's given it to you, is it really coming from you, or is it coming from me? And that's just simply as an illustration to help us understand our relationship to God as a good father. Everything. Listen to this. We have has come from you. This is the realization David had. Everything that he has, all his treasure. All his skills, all his gifts, all his leadership, everything in his life that is good comes from God. And listen to this. We give you only, only is the key. We don't give you anything outside of the only. We give you only what you first gave us. Man, this is a revelation to live by in our giving, in our generosity, in our time, in our giving of our skills and gifts to a purpose, a project, You know, that's why the the Bible encourages us in the New Testament to to work enthusiastically towards God. That to serve God, uh, to serve people around us as though we are serving God. To do our work as though we are doing it unto God, the Bible says. Because whatever we do, realizing that it's all from God anyways, everything good that I have comes from God. James 1 says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. This revelation, this realization, I believe, will set you free when you really get it. When you really get that it's just on loan to you. That you can withhold all you want. You can store away. You can plan for your future. You can save, save, save. You can invest, invest, invest. And that's all good. But realize where it comes from. Realize its origin. Yeah, you worked for it. But God gave you. The ability, whether you believe it or not, whether you understand it or not, one day you will, that it all came from God. It all originates in God. Everything you have that's good is from God. Despite what you've done, everything that you have, you're just called to be stewards. Everything we have has come from you and we give you only what you first gave Us. This literally in the Hebrew reads like this. Everything that exists is from you and we administrate it from your hand. We're simply just administrators. We're stewards. Everything that exists is from you and we administrate it from your hand. It's all we're sharing it. We're 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 co-laboring. We're co-heirs with you. We're just administrating it from your hand. This was David's realization, which energized his ability to go above and beyond. I said this last week. God would never ask you to give something that He has not already given you. God would never ask you to give something that He has not already given you. This revelation, this realization is so important whether you give next week or not is irrelevant to the house of hearts you know our house of hearts sunday offering this is just for every area of your life realize that whatever season you find yourself in realize that whatever you have comes from god and that you're simply a steward of that i know you know we know that the bible talks a lot about money and i said this every year when i teach on finances i haven't even taught on finances this year at all But it says in, you know, in in the Bible, if you study scripture, there's more than 500 verses on prayer, 500 on faith, and over 2,000 verses concerning money and possessions. And Jesus talked about money in 16 of his 38 parables. Money was an important thing. Generosity was an important thing because he knew that if money had you, God didn't. That's why he encourages us, you know, Timothy encourages us, encourages the rich to to not fall in love with money, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. As I mentioned today in today's offering giving message, that that the love of money is the root, not money itself, it's the love, it's the worship, because you can't worship two masters. You can't honor two masters, either love one or you hate the other. If money has you, guess what? God doesn't. And I believe God wants to set us free in this season to realize that whatever we have is just God's anyways, and we're simply administrators of it. This is the gospel message. Jesus said it, for out of your wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there also. Whatever you most Treasure in life. Your heart will also be there. This is what David was talking about, about the affection. I have set my affection. whatever my affection is, my heart is. Whenever, wherever my heart is, my love is. Whatever my love is will be reflected in my generosity. The reality of it is Jesus gave to us before we could ever give to him. He blessed us before we could ever bless him. This is the gospel. He died for us before we could die For him, says in 1 John 4, verse 10, this is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it. He proved it by sending his son to be, listen to this, the pleasing, sacrificial offering to take away our sins delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. He's talking about, because I've loved you so much, yes, love me in return, but as a result, that love should be reflected in your love for each other. You're giving. You cannot love without giving. Giving is love. Love is giving. You cannot... You cannot love without giving, being a part of it, because you're giving love by loving, okay? And so it's so important that we understand that we cannot disconnect the two together. I love this, though. He loved us long before we loved him. He gave to us long before we gave to him. It was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing, sacrificial offering. There's something about offering that I, I want to say it like this, proves our love for God. And let's take offering out of the out of the picture for a second because we're called to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Every time we step out in obedience in faith, guess what happens? We prove our love to God towards God. Every time we listen to God and step out and we lean into what God is saying, we prove and demonstrate our love to God. Hebrews 11, six says it's impossible to please God except by faith. Yes, we know that we are already, that, that God is already pleased with us according to what he's done on the cross. But there's something that happens that looks like worship. The offering of our lives in our everyday faith journey is part of our worship and sacrifice towards showing or proving that we actually are who we say we are that we actually love God with everything part of the journey is trusting God with our finances part of the journey is trusting God with our time our focus our affection our relationships you know our community all these things how we love uh, of those that are are oppressed in our society and our culture how we give how we give away love is proof that we know love Himself, and I want to encourage you in this season to lean into that. To to lean into that. I love this because if you read uh, the the Greek term, this is how uh, Brian, Dr. Brian Simmons breaks it down in the Passion Translation Commentary of this verse, in, in verse uh, chapter four, verse ten. It says this in the Greek: this this word for pleasing sacrificial offering could be described as a cleansing satisfying sacrifice that provides a covering shelter. It's mind-blowing. Think of that image for a second. A cleansing, satisfying sacrifice that provides a covering shelter. Every time we step out and sacrifice... We cover, we, we, we release a covering, not only over our homes, over our lives. We shelter in and protect the things that God has called us to protect when we continue, Romans 12, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices day in and day out. I hope this message encouraged you. Let me pray for you. Some of you, I hope that today, that that realization that David had struck a chord with you that it opened you up, that it illuminated you a little bit, that it broke some fear off of your life. I wanna pray that that fear would continue to have no grip over you in this next season. God, I thank you. God, thank you that you're you're showing us, giving us perspective of what it looks like to have an over and above mentality, that you're giving us perspective of what it looks like to have a realization of the fact that everything that we have is yours and we're simply administrators of it. I pray that the fear that has robbed us and held us down in the past season will not hold us down in the next season. God, I pray that the fear of the unknowns, the doubt, the unbelief, the what if God, what if I step out and you don't do anything, I pray that you would just silence all those lies and help us to lean into your truth that you are good. No matter if it takes two years, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever it is, God, your promises are yes and they're amen. And we're just in this season wanting to connect our faith to our sacrifice, whatever it is that we're doing in this season, whatever it is that we're leaning into, whatever thing that we're being obedient to in this season, listening to your voice, I pray that in this season you would blow our minds with incredible breakthrough that would literally continue to reveal the nature of who you are as a generous God and a God who fulfills his promises in Jesus name. Amen. As I said in 1 John chapter 4, talking about how God first loved us. This is a a realization that I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to give you today. Maybe you are in this season and you, just, you feel just no love. You've had no contact with people. You've been on some sort of lockdown. You've been a little lonely, been a little disconnected from community. You don't know what's up, what's down anymore. It's just a struggling, hard, challenging season. I just want to encourage you today that Jesus is with you in that struggle. Whether you know it or not, he is. And my prayer for you, is that you'd have a realization of that in this season, that your eyes would open. The greatest realization that we can have is that Jesus is good, and He's so good. He showed His goodness. He showed His love on a cross over 2,000 years ago, giving His life in death so that we could have a new life. He didn't just He didn't just die on a cross though. He rose again, and that's this is what de- 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 separates Him from every other God, so-called God out there. Jesus died and rose again to give us new life. And when he died on the cross, he said, "Listen, I'm taking care of sin once and for all. I'm removing the stain of sin. I'm removing that 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 grip of sin over all of humanity's life." It's an invitation to to let him in to change the game. And if you're, you're watching this today and, and you just, you feel like you're in a place where you don't know what would happen to you. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to encourage you to get off the fence of indecision in this season and just open your heart to the invitation that he's given you over 2,000 years ago. All you have to do is open your heart and receive. Receive his forgiveness. Let him in. That's all you have to do. It says in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, believe in the very core of your being, your whole inward man, your whole uh, inside spiritually will change. And the Bible says you will be born again. That's just the starting point. That the accepting the invitation is just the starting point. Now you actually have to go to the party, be present at the party, develop relationship. You know, heaven is like a party. Relationship with God is like a party. It's enjoyment. Yes, there's struggle. Yes, there's challenge. It doesn't solve all of your problems, but guess what? Now you have somebody in your corner helping you with those problems. And so I wanna encourage you, if you've said yes, if you've opened up your heart today, just let us know, email the email on the screen. Let us know in the chat. We'd love to be a part of your journey. God bless you, Kingdom Culture, and we will see you next week. Wow, Man. what an amazing experience. I love really the heart season series. I loved what, uh, to worship together with our worship team. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Amazing word Pastor Sean. Mm-hmm. So good to see you all in this live. Hope you got to engage in the chat. Don't forget yeah. to smash the like, subscribe as you leave it for forgot to subscribe. Yeah. And we would love for you to do it because it's going to be an incredible way to start your week with a new subscription and a new YouTube channel to follow. So make sure you do it and stay tuned for next week because it's going to be one for the history books. Have a good week, guys. Love you guys. Bye.